Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and this is my podcast, where I reflect on real-life visits in hopes to grow in my own early intervention practice as I work with families and children birth to age three. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Welcome to episode six of the R&R podcast. The last few episodes have been a little bit more on the rainier side, and I like to use weather as a metaphor for my visit, so they've just, uh, they've been a struggle. So today it was nice to get back in there and get to a visit where um, it's just the ideal visit, like things are clicking and things are happening um, the way you intend them to happen, and I don't know why that is, but I just want to share with with everyone listening um, how good it feels and what it looks like when all the pieces seem to come together. Uh, again, this is a newer family I'm starting with. I'm starting with a lot of new families. It's just kind of that time of year. But um, I hadn't seen this family in two weeks with the holiday last week. So at the beginning of every visit, checking in, seeing how things are going, um, seeing if there's anything new um, that I should know about or that's been happening in the family's life. Um, Always revisiting that joint plan. I always send mine electronically uh, through email or text. It's a Google Doc. Uh, So hopefully it's just something that kind of keeps a record of like what they identified as priorities and what you know, I maybe plan to do for the next time as well and and that plan for the next visit. So planning for the next visit from the previous visit in this visit, if you can follow that, um, was really important. In the previous visit, we, uh, mom wanted her to be signing please or mine. Um, That's something she really wanted to work on. And In addition to that, we talked about pictures and visuals, so how to maybe introduce a visual that she could point to as a cue for the word she's trying to use. This little girl is about two and a half, so a little bit older. Not a lot of language, a lot of jargon, but some language, and she's got some some good imitation skills. So... Um, so my job on this visit today was to bring the visual we talked about in the previous visit. And in the previous visit, she identified that markers, coloring, paint, like all of those things are super motivating to her daughter. It keeps her attention. It keeps her focus. It's something she'll do for a long time. It's just a really preferred Uh, activity. So we talked about a visual for coloring, uh, markers, art, a craft. That's kind of what mom identified as, as what they do and what she thinks would be, would be helpful. So I came today prepared to, to uh, model and show her how we're going to introduce this visual. And since we had already worked on the sign, I thought it was 
a nice transition to maybe work on a visual as well. Um, With kiddos this age, my philosophy with uh, using visuals with kiddos is start very simple and, you know, start small. So like one or two. (laughs) So, and also just that expectation of maybe they just touch it you know, to indicate that that's what they want. So this is not by any means like a pecs thing. This is way off that. This is literally just talking about using um, visual pictures as a visual cue. And the expectation is that they point to the picture to get what they want, just like they would sign it. So if they're not willing to sign it, if they're not willing to say it, can we get them to point to it and Maybe a lot of times what happens is that visual, um, that visual will trigger uh, the verbal word or a verbal approximation. So again, but like with visuals, I always, it's so tricky with parents too, because they want their kids to talk. And as soon as you start talking about signing and pictures and things like that, it's like, whoa, why are we taking the attention away from talking? So it can be really hard to get parents to buy into the idea of visuals. So really, um, in this situation, what really helped me was having the mom identify what visual would work best for her daughter. What is something that's going to motivate her? What is something you think she tries to tell you um, that she wants to do? And this is something that she she identified with. So number one, it's already motivating to mom. And mom is already thinking about how she might use this. So after checking in with mom, you know, I ask if this is something she still wants to try and still wants to work on. And she says, yes. And I said, great. So we sat down at her child's, she has a little um, child size table where her daughter sits and that's, that's the spot she colors in. So she got her coloring book out and then she went down the hall to a closet and brought back one marker and she gave it to her daughter. And then I had just a simple laminated piece of paper. And in one corner of the piece of paper um, was the symbol for coloring. And then, so I'm just explaining to mom how I'm going to introduce the visual, which is just by pointing at the picture and making those connections like, hey, you're coloring, look, coloring. And mom immediately got up and said, I need to go get more markers, which is something I knew she needed to do too, but I didn't say it yet. I wanted to see if she was going to follow my lead a little bit and figure that out for herself. And she did. So she went back and she brought two markers back and she held them in her hand, which was perfect because what I'm trying to get her daughter to do here is request another marker or a different marker. So her daughter automatically saw that mom's holding that preferred object that she wants and she wants it. And so all I have to do is model for the daughter, marker, tell mama marker by pointing 
and touching the picture. And then, you know, she wasn't quite getting it, of course, the first couple of times. So then I just had to hand over hand help the daughter point so the mom could give her the marker. So it was a really kind of just beautiful interaction of mom really taking ownership in this in this uh, activity and taking the lead and um, wanting to be involved and me really just on the side uh, coaching her and coaching her daughter through this interaction and how you're going to use this new tool you've never used before. And that's the one thing about visuals. They are going to require more modeling. Be very, very careful how you model. I've noticed that if I do too much of it, that um, and the parents don't get a chance to practice, it really leaves the parents not feeling super confident in in um, doing it after I'm gone. Again, this is something they've never done before, probably. So, and also to realize that you need to use something different to get your child to talk also, you know, can be very, it can trigger a lot of um, emotions in parents for sure and fears. So just again, I always say slow and steady, slow and steady with visuals um, and really bring the parents into that process. So have them choose the visuals, the visuals they want to work on. So after a few trials of me coaching uh, the daughter on how to respond to the mom, I completely turned it over to mom because eventually I'm going to be gone and she needs to be able to handle um the visual and the object and her daughter all at the same time. Uh, so at the end of the visit, we talked about the joint plan, of course, right? So my question to mom or caregivers is always like, uh, it's usually typically something like, in this visit, for example, it was, how are you going to use the visual? Or where are you going to keep it? And at first she said, well, I thought about taping it to the table, but then it would be there all the time. And she doesn't go to the table for coloring. She runs to the closet for coloring for her markers. So I might keep it in the closet, not taped to the door, but she said just next to the shelf. It was like a hallway closet. And she said when she pulls me to the hallway closet, I can open it and then bring down the visual, have her point, and then grab the markers. And I thought that was a beautiful um logical way on how to use this so it's functional, so it's easy, so it's helpful. Like she had already kind of strategized like, how am I going to use this? And I, I thought that was great. Had I said, oh, let's tape this to your wall or bring this out whenever, you know, you're at the table. If I had given her those answers, they 
I don't think they would have worked for her because I would have never thought or honestly, I wouldn't have never known about that um, micro routine. So within that routine of coloring, there's this micro routine of getting the colors out. And I would have never known what that looked like had she not really explained it and really connected how am I going to use this brand new strategy I just learned about with what I'm already doing right now? And that what was so beautiful about this visit today. It was that those two went together so well. Something I've realized about myself over time um, as I've been in early intervention is that I want to help. and But at the same time, I... I don't know everything. So for example, like in order to help you, I need to know more about your family, about your child, about what your routines look like. Um, Because again, like as early interventionists, we know a lot of things, but when we just start listing off suggestion after suggestion after suggestion, and they're not bad suggestions, but when we don't know what truly like routines look like for a family or we don't bring them into some of that what should be more back and forth problem solving, um, it really kind of waters down the intervention process, I feel like. Because um, again, they know their life best and we know a lot of things about child development. We know a lot of things um, about, you know, (laughs) lots of things, right. In early intervention, like we wear all these different hats. And as a teacher, I feel like some days I'm more of an OT, I'm more of a speech or sometimes I'm a teacher, sometimes I'm a social worker. Um, but anyways, the point being, we know a lot of things, but it's knowing what to share and when to share it. Um, and really making parents a part of the process. Thanks again for listening. If you have any thoughts on the topic today, modeling, joint planning, or any feedback at all for the podcast, please email me at ericabow80 at gmail.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-B-O-8-0 at gmail.com. I hope you'll join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rain.